Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Crow's Nest. I'm Thomas the Third, and I'm here with Dr. Kevin Crow. How are you doing today, Dr. Crow? Doing well, doing well. Looking forward to the to the short break coming up. Yeah, so uh, we got you know Thanksgiving coming up, and um, so we've got a lot on the on the um, in the way of uh, marijuana news, I guess is, and we talk about it a lot on the shows uh, here. But um, one thing that's that's pretty interesting that kind of falls into your uh, your playing field is this Oklahomans for Transparency advocacy group. Um, they're actually planning to sue the Oklahoma State Department of Health over the medical marijuana addresses that were released and then subsequently taken back after a uh, a business that was going to be a grow uh, a grow place was actually broken into just right after they released the names and the addresses of everybody who had um, applied for a, a medical marijuana license for dispensaries and growers. So uh, my question to you is where, how much, how much transparency do we, do we deserve as the public and where does this start to um, infringe on the safety of yeah, these people? And I think, first of all, we have to ask why, why we want transparency and the, the use of transparency is, of course, so you know who's backing various measures. In other words, especially when it comes to finan- you know, financially, in other words, who's supporting what candidates, who's supporting what groups, so you can kind of figure out what are people's motivations. So in that case, when we think of transparency, you, you mainly want it when, when it comes to um, money going to support political causes or political candidates. I mean, that's, that's where you would want it. In other, you, in other words, you want to see who's backing these people. Uh, that, I think, should be completely open. And I, and I don't think even like nowadays where we, where we release them, you know, months later or whatever, I mean, it's kind of bad when you, when, you, when you have to wait three months after the election to figure out who's contributed. I mean, those should be made as quickly as possible. As soon as somebody gets a contribution, um, you know, now there are, you know, having run before, I know that, there, you know, that's, you, you can't constantly send stuff in. It takes too much time. But as transparent as, as, transparent as we can be, um, tracing money for campaigns, causes, I'm all for that. Um, um, you know, I don't like uh, dark money. I want to know who's contributed, you know. That's where we should fight for transparency. Where we should be careful about transparency is when it doesn't deal with that. So, for example, um, I don't think that that we should know uh, where maybe where candidates live. Sometimes, I mean, we, we need to know that they live in the district, but yeah. we should be careful about posting, you know, their private phone numbers or where their kids go to school or something like that. That's kind of dangerous. Yeah, we need to know where their money's coming from who supports them, but we don't have to know everything about their private life. Um, and going back to this, it's the same thing here. You know, whether somebody's, you know, for legal mar- legalization of marijuana or against it, the fact is once you've put the names out of the people who have these business concerns, that makes them a target of people who might think, well, let's break in and see what they got. I mean, mm. you know, then, you're, then that's kind of a danger to, the, to those people's property, to those people's lives. Again, transparency when it comes to who's using my or, or who where people are getting their money from i think that's 
who's pulling the strings that's right who's pulling the strings that's where you want the transparency but transparency when it when it when it interferes with you know is this going to um you know where people live or where they keep their property or whatever that's a little overboard right there i think so is this is this a case of somebody just kind of uh taking it too far where you know maybe this oklahomans for transparency started as something like what you were talking about you know transparency for um, where people are being, uh, who's who's donating to what, um, you know, that kind of thing. And is this just them uh, kind of taking a stance because that's what, that's what they want? Well, is, I think know? they're wanting to see, in their minds, they're probably thinking, let's show who's going to benefit from this, and then we can figure out who was behind it. But the better way to do that would have been, let's see who's contributing to these campaigns, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's better to do it that way than after the fact. Um, you know, because now, if you think about it now, the issue's already been decided. Yeah. I mean, that, that election's already passed. It would have been better to find out who's contributing before the election takes place or as the election's going on, too. So I don't know how useful this is either. And again, I'm all for transparency. But I'm for transparency on following the money that's when as the decisions are being made. Yeah, and I, I kind of took the stance that I don't have a problem with you listing the businesses. Yes. Like where they're actually, you know, the dispensaries. But I don't know what um, what the end game is for knowing where they're actually growing it. That's right. That's right. I because mean, other than you're trying to, I mean, other than if you're – trying to make sure that they're doing it legal, they're not shipping but it again, in from that, somewhere else. But again, that could be a state or... issue itself and not have to be made publicly, you know, public. Yeah. I mean, so if they, if they have to write that down, the state can check or whatever. Not everybody needs to know. By the way, let's, let's take a completely different issue and show where this would be a problem. For example, um, you know, this is, this is one reason that, you know, I oppose when you have a lot of gun registration laws because, you know, in certain states, you know, they'll, they'll say, well, do you have this, that, or whatever. I don't like those type of laws because there's always a chance that those, law, that those, that those addresses could be made public and then people know where to go and steal guns, you know, things of that nature. Yeah. So, again, when I'm for transparency, when the transparency um, is about who is contributing to what campaigns, whether that's campaigns for individuals or campaigns for causes or whatever. I think we, everybody needs to know who's, camp, who's, who's contributing, where the money's coming from. But after that, then we get into the issue of, of safety of individuals and safety of property, and, that, and that's a problem. Now, you started talking about the gun laws, and that that kind of made me think about something. Um, I've actually heard a few people express concern that if they get a medical marijuana license, then they're going to have to give up their guns. Um, They're not going to be able to possess guns and possess their medical marijuana license because marijuana still... A Schedule One drug. That's right. It'd be, uh, it federally, would be, it would be. That's a federal. That's again. That's a, that's a federal law. So on that, it's already there. I mean, we we've passed state laws. Now, I have heard. I don't know whether this is true or not, but I have heard that one of the things that that um, uh, one of the one of the difference, one of the things that uh, Trump is planning on doing is, you know, after after the next Congress comes in, is maybe 
changing how marijuana is is um, well moving it from a, a taking it off of the of the schedule one drug descheduling yeah. it. In other words, changing that. I don't know if that's true or not, but I have heard that. Again, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other. I mean, whether he does that or not, but but I've heard that that's a possibility. And until until that federal issue is decided, that is going to be a problem. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, it's you 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 know you can't go against federal law on this. Now, again, that yeah. law could be changed. And there's been quite a few people that have been talking about descheduling uh, marijuana, which would almost in effect legalize it nationwide. I mean it would still be a state issue as to how they want to do it, but Right. I mean a state a state could still, you know, could still um classify marijuana differently if they wanted to. Yeah. Um if they wanted to be stringent on it or something like that. Um and again, this even going back to whether we can we can change how how it's designated by the federal government, that also gets into the state versus federal battle. Mm-hmm. I mean should the federal government have the right? I mean, should it have the ability to schedule drugs in that way? And that's a, you know, that's a dicey issue, um, because on the one hand, people may have ideas about how marijuana should be um, labeled, but then that gets to other harder drugs, or it even gets to certain medicines. I mean, you know, that's that's again a federal state issue. I mean, how far do we go there? I mean, you know, how much are we for state rights? How much are we for the the feds saying this is in the public interest? That's another. That's a completely different uh, battle, too. I think it's pretty interesting. You know, you talking about um, that may be one of the goals that Trump is going to try to try to get done with the new Congress is is descheduling it. Now that would be, a, a, I think it would probably be a pretty good political move as far as popularity if he was the the sitting president for that momentous occasion because. There is a lot of people that have been waiting for for this for years. You know, um, people have been sneaking around and, and smoking weed for, you know, since the 60s and 70s and way before that um, and be, you know, being demonized about it. And uh, and it would be it would be really interesting to see how Trump would be viewed. If that was one notch well, on his belt. And here's the thing. It would not surprise me if he did this. Again, I'm not taking a stand whether this is good or bad. I'm not making a statement on this. I'm just saying to analyze Trump on this. Um, you've got to remember, Trump has painted a million different ways. But if you actually look at his background, you can kind of figure out, is he going to do this or not? And the fact is, people always forget. They say, oh, he's far to the right or ultra law enforcement or whatever. You know, They'll come up with all these. But you have to remember, Trump is a New Yorker. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And in New York, you know, New York is not super stringent. It's not one of the the states that we think of leading a you know pro harsh marijuana uh, type laws. Yeah. So and and that's where he's from. So for him, I don't think he has necessarily the same view that many that many other Republicans would. And again, Republicans would be divided on this too because there are libertarian leaning Republicans who you know who believe in um who believe in, in kind of getting away with a lot of the marijuana laws or rescheduling. But then there's also, I don't know how, to, how, how we define these, but there would be, uh, I guess, law and order Republicans who, who say, watch out. And, and there are concerns of marijuana. I want, I want to stress this. I mean, this is something, you know, that, w- that we want to look into because, um, you know, especially, um, I, I, this is from my, this is 
my belief. Okay, this isn't this isn't another belief, but but my concern with marijuana always comes with um, people in their twenties. Um, the mind's not completely formed. I don't know what marijuana does to put people's minds long term. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, on the other hand, you know, if it was true medical marijuana, as we've said, um, you know, when somebody has terminal cancer, I'm sorry, somebody's dying of cancer and you're in pain, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever relief, yeah. you know, ends the pain. But, but, but I do understand people's concerns um, with what is, how is this going to impact the mind long term. And again, those, you can do other medical studies and see if there's ways of you know, of, of adjusting marijuana, of, of, of coming up with new types, whatever. But Yeah, and that, that's something that's been, I mean, it's been going on for a while, and I actually worked in the prevention field um, for for a few years. And uh, I, I talked to one lady that was, um, she was pretty much an expert on all this. She was teaching a, um, teaching a class on prevention, and, you know, it, it got really deep. But I was talking to her about it, and she said, you know, any anybody that's still in that developmental stage, I would try to stay away from it. Yeah, um, and that's what she alcohol said. too. Yeah, alcohol we should say too. that too. Alcohol and, and both of them. Yeah, and because she said, what happens is when you start drinking or you start using uh, marijuana or whatever at a young age before your brain is fully developed, it kind of stunts that growth. Well, and, your brains is all are always you know you have these synopses in your brain and and you and you start messing with that and it messes with the way that you're going to be wired. Yeah. And yeah. So that's the problem. So so marijuana and alcohol, any drug, the younger the the worst. And 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 yeah. really, really, it's kind of almost before thirty. I mean, it's not just twenty one. I mean, it's it's in the twenties that's still problematic. Yeah, and that's what she had told me was on average, it's about your mid twenties, about twenty five, whenever your brain is actually fully developed, and after that, it's just kind of like there's no real concern there, and. Um, from what she told me, it's not really that it wasn't really that big of a concern for the younger people either. It's just that it would kind of stunt that growth a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I I can understand that, but at the same time, I'm I'm a person who I started smoking marijuana when I was a freshman in high school, yeah. and smoked heavily as a sophomore, junior, and senior, and I still. I made good grades. I went to college, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm still a pro, uh, productive citizen, but I don't know how much that really stunted or how much um how much more maybe I would have achieved if well, I didn't. And there's but, also, you know, you know, there's also a genetic component. You figure about a quarter of people it can really affect negatively. And that's just that's just, you know, luck of the draw with with yeah. with, with with genes. I mean, you know, and, and you can see this. Well, you've set, you've seen people again with alcoholism. I mean, there are some people that can drink and never they don't crave it, but there there are people who do crave it. But with marijuana, one of the things is with marijuana, there's there's a correlation. It's it's actually a pretty good percentage. I don't mean majority, but still, you're talking maybe twenty percent where it can trigger um, um, bipolar problems and things yeah. of this nature. Now, again, that doesn't mean if you try this, this is going to happen. Yeah. But it's also not as rare as we think, too. It's not, we're not talking about 1%. I mean, it's, it could be up to, you know, maybe 20% of the population. So, the, so I'm always very concerned if it's somebody below 30 um, yeah. until that brain is fully formed. Well, it's, it's, it goes back to that nature versus nurture yeah. um, type of argument because 
you know, it's just like like lung cancer. When you're born in your DNA, you have a certain propensity to get lung cancer. And um, you can make that propensity more by outside factors, yeah. whether you're uh, working in hazmat or you're, you're a heavy smoker or you work in a casino or, uh, you know, these outside influences make it more likely that you will get lung cancer. But there's people that smoke their whole life and never get lung cancer. That's and then right. there's people that have never touched a cigarette and get lung cancer. So, you know, it's so, it's so much, like you say, kind of the luck of the draw as far as um, – how it's going to, how it's going to affect you. And so, you know, I, I can understand that. I just know from personal experience that the negative side effects of, of marijuana be whatever they are, um, are far less than alcohol or, you know, a lot of times even tobacco, commercial tobacco. And these are things that have been readily available uh, for 18 and 21 year olds for, you know, my, you know, forever. My, my biggest concern with marijuana is, is like I said, mental health issues in the young. And yeah. for that, it probably is worse than, than the other ones. You're talking about things like with cancer, cirrhosis, all that, physical things. My thing is more the concern with marijuana is the mental health issues for yeah. a pretty good percentage, you know, again, not the majority, but a substantial. And, but again, that decreases after 30 you know that's less of a concern but yeah. but that's but that's always been my concern with it but again that's you know that but but um but going back to the original stuff in other words posting these laws and stuff i mean i'm posting these people's names yeah um now for the transparency i the trend our tra- transparency should occur during um and, and uh, an election mainly i mean in other words where's the money coming from after the fact um, you've got to be careful about how this is going to in, in, in impact people's lives and property. But but transparency, we need to know exactly who are funding campaigns. That's the thing with transparency. So it's basically just trying to separate their personal life from. That's right. From the. Uh, you want to be able to know where the money's coming from. That's mainly it. After yeah. that, you know. Yeah, and that that seems to be a a big problem with um with a lot of our politicians. From the the small to the you know that's right. All Every single up. level is knowing where the money's coming from, especially <laughs> yep. dark money. I mean, you know, and yep. dark money is basically when people advertise on your behalf, but they're not connected to the campaign and the laws governing that. Really, you can't you can't trace that a lot of times. Um, hmm. This is why it's always interesting. This is when when people are when when somebody's running for office. If you get a uh, um, you know. Uh, one of the pamphlets mailed to you, or if you see an ad on a, on a on a newspaper or whatever, always look and see who pays for the ad. Yeah. Because if it's paid for by you know you know John Smith's campaign, okay, then that, those are ones that you can figure out who contributed. But if it's paid by a third party, there's no way to figure out who's contributed that. So what do they do usually? Do they just like create this shell? corporation type of thing well, what will I mean, happen is is you'll have some you'll have a group an advocacy group or whatever and they can't they can't say necessarily we want you to vote for this guy but they can run these horrible ads against somebody else and and or they could say oh well so and so you know we you know this is a a good cause and so and so supports this cause but they can't say vote for this person does that make sense yeah so and so that, how do you how do you fix that? I mean, because 
that that seems to be one of the biggest problems is there's so many of these attack ads That's and it. we we saw it really bad this last campaign cycle just outright lies but i guess as long as it's not coming from the candidate themselves then it's okay is that how it works or is that i mean what what kind of laws govern how I, I you wish can... i wish that all can you know, ideally, and this is this is where I'm kind of in a minority view among Republicans. I'll say that, okay, but I'm I'm strong on this still. Um, I wish all contributions were from individuals, and to no matter what it's to, immediately when you make that contribution, that would be known who made it. Does that make sense? In other words, not from groups. Yeah. And then you can't trace who made those contributions to that group. That's not right. All contributions should be from individuals, and we should know how much you contributed and to what cause. So and do you th- see that happening anytime? No, no. <laughs> the, the reason why, it, there's too many groups that benefit from this. And it's groups on the left and the right. Yeah. I mean, you have large corporations on both sides. People forget corporate, you know, corporate donors fund to both groups. Uh, but not just that. Um, you know, we can go for whether it's, um, um, you know, you, you could have unions doing this, but you could also have corporations. I mean, there's all kinds of groups, and, and, and they want to protect their donors. But like I said, it should just be individual contributions, and then we should know who's who's contributing. So is that um, – would, like, the NRA be uh, kind of an example of that? They or? could. The one thing about the NRA that I'll give them is this – this is the one unusual thing, usually. I mean, is this, um, you know, a lot of these, you, you'll, they'll try to hide where you're getting the money, and people won't, won't want to be associated. The one thing you will have to say about the NRA, people, um, um, people don't hide the fact that the NRA gives them money. In other words, people like, a lot of people want to be associated with the NRA. Does that make sense? Yeah, well. So it doesn't bother them on that It one. kind of, um reinforces their their base i mean you know a lot of republicans conservative republicans a lot of their base are so so uh, the nra so the nra is not as problematical in this because they don't hide the fact um and i guess i'm sure that there are there are equivalents on you know for for on on democrat side if i thought i mean i'm sure there are a lot of democrats who like getting the endorsements of certain unions and so they don't mind if they got this money from unions i mean it doesn't bother them the, the the tricky ones tend to be more corporate donors or or corporations that fund third parties. That tends yeah. to be the bigger problem. So you'll have um, I don't know like a uh, like a tobacco company who funds some advocacy group. Yeah, and then the advocacy group is the one that actually runs the ads, and you can't go back oh, and here's tell one, that the tobacco here's company worse. is the one that's Here's doing one it. even worse. You can have big pharmacy companies. Mm. Who can have? Who can fund? Uh, well, I'd like to mention one right now, but that would probably get me in trouble. But you can have <laughs> big pharmacy companies who who have a um, oh, what am I trying to say? A um, they may fund some um, some organization that supposedly studies this and and is supposed to look out for people's health and mm. all of this, and people don't know that 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 organization is funded by a pharmaceutical company. 
and then that, and then for example, that that organization which is supposed to be set up for the public health says, "Oh, look at all these bad things that like vaping does or whatever." Okay, yeah, you know, look at how bad vaping is, and 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 look, this group has this group has done a study uh, for, for you know for people's health, and it shows how bad vaping is, not knowing that that's paid for by pharmaceutical companies, and there may be pharmaceutical companies who make a ton of money off of smoking secession drugs, which almost never work, yeah. or if they Nicker- do. That's right. Or if they do, you're hooked to them. Whereas people that get on vaping, eh, they might eventually get off of cigarettes and and, and stuff. Again, I want to stress this. I'm not saying that people should pick up vaping if you're not (laughs) doing it. It's probably a bad habit. But I have to say it's a lot better habit than smoking. Yeah, a lot lot better for you. So there's ways of hiding stuff, you know. Yeah, and I think we probably saw a lot of that, um, you know, before before, uh, 788. That's right. With uh, the pharmaceutical companies. That's right. Because that... That's the one thing that that medical marijuana is really gonna. Um, you you see these companies, you know, scrambling to try to figure out how to how to make their their money off of medical marijuana. That's right. These and, pharmaceutical and, you know, companies. There are there are good things that some pharmaceutical companies do. I, I get that, but the point is, when you start dealing with billions of dollars, you got to kind of watch what their motivation is. Oh, and again, yeah. I, I'm I'm happy that some of them make great breakthroughs and stuff. You know, that's that's good. But also, don't let that make it. Don't make it look like well, that takes them off the hook for other stuff. That doesn't mean they're not greedy, too. Yeah, and that always. I I just I don't trust pharmaceutical companies anyway, because like you know I always say there's more money in treating the symptoms than actually curing curing the problem, and that seems to be um, a lot more than just the medical field now. I mean, we're seeing it. Every everywhere, and again, this could also become a problem as the marijuana industry takes off. This could be a problem. This could be the problem for them too. Does that make sense? I mean, it's not just so. I mean, anytime you get large amounts of money, then you start questioning what people's motivation is. Yeah. So right now we might say, well, you know, some of these marijuana growers might be in the, you know, they might, uh, you know, they might be portrayed as they're the small people right now and the pharmaceuticals are the big people. That can always switch. Or pharmaceutical companies could be the ones who Just take buying, over the marijuana yeah. in- industry and stuff. So it's always, you always want to be able to trace the money, um, especially when it comes to the campaign. And that's where we get to transparency is who's funding these things and also who's funding studies. So how how likely do you think it is that um, once the Oklahoma state government realizes how much taxes they're making off of medical marijuana and how much more they can make off of recreational, how long do you think it's going to take before they push to get the full recreational on the ballot? I don't think it's how much money the state's going to make. I think it's how much money um, politicians are going to get to their campaigns. Hmm. I think I don't think because a lot of stuff will say, oh, the, the state's going to make this. The state state never makes as much money off of anything that we think they're going to make because then you get a new industry which protects itself from those taxes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, and that will and, and the marijuana industry will be the same way. It'll be the same way as the as the lottery industry. It'll be the same way as casinos. It'll be the same way as everything else that was supposed to save us all. You know, that was going to make the state money. It might initially, but then it becomes a special interest, and it's able to buy legislators too. That's that's the problem. Mm. Almost nothing makes the money that people think it's going to be for that reason. 
yeah. because they buy protection. Well, I know, um, I know that like a lot of places, the the taxes on recreational marijuana are always a lot higher than, than medical until they get money. Until that becomes a money making operation, and then you know, and then they'll be in the same. They'll be in the same position that pharmaceutical companies are, that oil industry is, that wind industry is, that any industry is. You know, the fact is, we always think that certain industries are worse than others, but they're all capable of the same stuff. I mean, um, you know, in Oklahoma, we all, and I'm not, I'm not defending these, but in Oklahoma, we always, you know, we always, a lot of times people make the bad guy out to be the, the oil industry. Mm. But the fact is, Every industry does the same thing. Oil is really no worse percentage-wise than anybody else, I don't think, in this state. It's just noticeable because you see the oil fields. But the fact is, you know, other industries do the exact same stuff. It is, a, it is a, um, an auction when you get to the state legislature. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's why I wish we had transparency so people would know who's funding whose campaign. Yeah. And I guess that's, I mean... But is it, it's the golden rule, right? That's right. Where, Who has the gold yeah. rules? Yeah. So I guess that's what we're stuck at still, man. Uh, and, and then even again, this is a problem. You know, we, you know, we can look at this and people say, well, this is a problem living in a, you know, in a capitalist society. But you go to a socialist or a communist society, it's the same thing. You know, then the government has the monopoly, and they're still going to pick winners or losers even more so. And there's two people who are going to benefit. I mean, in a socialist society, there are still going to be you know, then then it's government officials, people tied to them who get, the, you know, and and they're going to make the money. So so this is not a problem inherent with capitalism. This is a problem inherent with humans who have power. And the only way to get around that is to always make sure that there's transparency, so we know who's funding stuff, who's pulling the strings. Um, yeah, because, you know, we've seen this. I mean, you look at whether we're talking about Venezuela, the former Soviet Union, whatever. Supposedly you have these socialist societies, but you have the, you have fat cats who still run things yeah. and who benefit from it. You know, in the Soviet Union, you look at like Brezhnev. He had a Maserati. He had a Rolls Royce. He had tons of cars. You look at the Soviet Politburo. They lived like CEOs do here. I mean, so it's so again, this is not a problem unique to capitalism. It's it's a problem just of human greed, which again, socialism is just as capable as capitalism as as um, you know, being susceptible to human greed. Yeah, and I I just wonder if there's ever going to be anybody held accountable for um, you know, like we were talking about earlier, like the attack ads that don't come yeah. from the campaign but are being funded. You know, there's so much misinformation out there constantly. I mean. And it and like you said, it's always from both sides. That's right, and, and a lot of it's late. You know, it comes very late. So even if you get, even if it can be proved false, uh, and then get the other side to admit it was false, well, if the election's over, the election's over. Doesn't matter, yeah. and that's a problem. Yeah, we saw that with with like seven eighty eight. You know, there was a, a two weeks before the before the state question was actually on the ballot where all of a sudden you just get <clears throat> all these negative these negative ads. Yeah. And um, you know, seeing where all that came from and how how much different uh people and tribes even had uh donated to that cause that I, I can't remember what they called the advocacy group, but it was some kind of um Oklahomans against medical marijuana or it was something like that. So but you know, um last week 
we talked a little bit about um, how you foresaw Trump and Pelosi working together. Yeah, I still to, I still think they will. Um, don't get me wrong. They are both going to talk smack about the other one as yeah. long as either one of them are in office, and they'll enjoy doing that. But the fact is the two can work together. They're... There are similarities between them. Both of them have, have spent life in politics warning, learning to work with enemies, I mean, literally, uh, if they can get something done. And, and I think that there are a number of issues. I mentioned last night I could foresee them um, working together on, um, on lowering the cost of, prescri- of prescription drugs. There are other things that they may work together on, uh, things like if we're looking at infrastructure, because both of them, you know, can—, can Sure up their basis by doing this, and they're and they're welcome to it. And the ironic thing was, as you know, this week, if you've noticed, the people attacking Pelosi have been a lot of Democrats. Yeah. And there was one time where Trump's come to Pelosi's defense, even. Well, see, and that's what that's what kind of uh, made me think about it because I've noticed since you since you said that that Pelosi's getting a lot of uh, backlash from the Democrats, and then you're seeing um, these people that are really angry with uh, big pharmaceutical companies for how much things like um, insulin yes. costs. And so I think you I think you might have hit that one on the head. So, uh, all right. Thank you, Dr. Crow. That's going to do it for Thank the you. Crow's Nest this week. Thank you all for listening to talkjive.org, and uh, hope you come back next week.